Good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Marion Howitson, CEO of CNG Media Group. We publish 28 design magazines a year. For those of you who know, we publish New York Cottages and Gardens, Hamptons Cottages and Gardens, Connecticut Cottages and Gardens. We send out our daily scoop of real estate news via dailydeeds.com and we produce CNG TV. When our first magazine was launched in the Hamptons 19 years ago, our editors knew that the number one topic of conversation around Hamptons dinner tables was real estate. And so the first column and the biggest column that we've always had was called Deeds and Don'ts, and that was born then. I have to tell you that that dinner table conversation is still true today. And the Deeds and Don'ts column is still our biggest and it runs in every region that we have. So on the subject of real estate, we're here to talk about Connecticut rising and the tidal wave of buyers coming into Connecticut. We've invited a group of real estate experts and design experts. There's a great panel today and we're looking forward to hearing them. I'm going to introduce them all really quickly because you'll be able to get their full bios and uh, all the information you need when, with the webinar later. So first of all, we're delighted to have Scott Durkin, who's president and chief operating officer of Douglas Elliman. He's the driving force behind the brokerage becoming one of the largest independent residential real estate brokerages in the United States. There are two words that usually describe him, meteoric rise. And this is his 26 years working with Barbara Corcoran, where he climbed up the ladder before joining Douglas Elliman in 2016. And when he was hired, he was hired to grow this nationwide presence. And from the very start, that's what Scott did. He expanded in New York, South Florida, California, Massachusetts, and Texas, as well as restructuring the offices and opera operations in areas close to my heart, Westchester, Connecticut, and the Hamptons. Then we have Jonathan Miller, who's president and CEO of Miller Samuel. Miller Samuel is a real estate appraisal and consulting firm, which he co-founded. And since 1994, Jonathan has been the author of a series of market reports for Douglas Elliman Real Estate. And that covers areas of Boston, New York, South Florida, Los Angeles, Houston, Aspen and others. The interesting thing about Jonathan is that the observer selected Jonathan as one of the hundred most powerful people in real estate, not one time, but three times. Also, the New York Post recognized him for keeping the industry honest. Um, I think that might be why he's on our panel today, so that you can uh, really give us the, the proper story here, uh, Jonathan. We also have a second Scott, Scott Elwell, who's the Regional Vice President for Sales for Douglas Elman's office in New England and Westchester. And Scott is homegrown. He was born and raised in Connecticut, and he grew up there to become the highest producing agent under the age of 40 in Greenwich. He's been an agent for nearly 10 years, and with degrees in both economics and computer science, as well as an MBA with a concentration on real estate, Scott really does bring an innovative academic perspective to the field. Welcome, Scott. And now for our design duo, Claire Mastroni 
and Giorgio Maroulis are the designers and the founders of Voci Di, which means voice of in Italian. In 2012, they brought their wonderful international creativity over here as well as the best international designers and emerging artists. Claire and Giorgio managed to combine modern trends with high technology and old world artisanal experience. So welcome Claire and Giorgio. Thank you for having us. And finally, Steve Magnuson is one of the most sought after groundbreaking real estate agents on the East Coast with his global reach. Most recently, his CNBC story on the super wealthy went viral. He's had 15 years in Greenwich and his devoted commitment to his clients is redefining the change in the realtor-client relationship. He's known for his strong and ultra-savvy negotiating skills, representing some of the world's top developers, celebrities, musicians, professional athletes, luxury property owners, investment and waterfront estates. Steve says that he offers full transparency and a full concierge service throughout this process. Welcome, Steve. So thank you all for being with us today and I'm just brimming with questions and happy to take questions from all of you out there on Zoom. Um, what I'm gonna ask you to do is look at the bottom of your screen and you can see the little question icon. You can click on that. I believe we've about 200 people signed on today so I do hope we're going to get to all your questions. Now I'm going to direct a question to a particular person, but everyone in the panel is welcome to jump in, agree or disagree or break into song, which I think Steve, you've been known to do. Um, Scott Durkin, first question for you. We hear that sales in Connecticut is booming. Now compared with last year, how are sales doing? And how has the timing of this increase developed over the past few months since the start of the pandemic? Well, I think it's an understatement to say that uh, sales have increased. They've gone through the roof. Uh, we've seen a influx of both rentals and people renting, hoping to buy soon, as well as sales happening at a pace we've never seen. And I think Jonathan will talk about that. Uh, next, um, but it's it's been incredible. I think everyone talks about Greenwich uh, and Fairfield County being being 38 minutes from Midtown, and that says a lot. If you can be mid country or back country in Greenwich right now, you've got the acreage you're looking for. And buyers now are looking for a compound for their families uh, because of the pandemic and the fact that we really only had a few hours to pack before we all left town. Uh, so I think it's an understatement and it's really an incredible market right now and um, we're very happy with it. And there's not a mass exodus out of the city. I think there's a second and third home market that's staying closer to the city than they ever have been before. And, um, you know, the plan B is always there or the emergency plan is now uh, taking uh, shape outside of the city. All right, now just to make sure that we're all on the same page, I'm inviting our researcher, Jonathan. Jonathan, to keep us honest, how does your research uh, show a mass exodus from New York, as people are saying? Uh, so the word mass, mass exodus is really too much, uh, a little bit too, oh, we got a... 
I don't know what that is. Sorry. On my ring. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so uh, you know, to answer your question, uh, there's absolutely uh, a surge or an uptick in contract activity in Fairfield County, Greenwich included. Uh, uh, the part that I am not sort of firmly uh, comfortable with is how long this lasts or how permanent. Um, it does look like a multi-year pattern. Um, uh, and it's not just urban to suburban. It really, what we're seeing is uh, urban to sort of second home, you know, further out in uh, Fairfield County where we're seeing, uh, they were seeing people search further out from the city because like what we're doing now, Zoom has actually lengthened the tether between home and work. So people have a lot more flexibility in uh, where they live versus where they work. And, and I think markets like, uh, you know, suburban markets like Greenwich or Fairfield County, we're already seeing, and I think they're going to benefit tremendously. The, the question I think is just because a presentation for me wouldn't be typical unless, you know, I had some negativity in here is, uh, is where it is only that, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens after this vaccine and, and, you know, how, what, but, but that's still a ways off. And right now the market's telling us that, you know, it's, it's, it's go. Just as a follow up on that one, are you seeing this in other suburban areas across the country? Uh, yes, we are. We're seeing this, uh, almost in every market that we cover, Elliman, the Elliman Report Series uh, it touches about 35 different housing markets. And it's still that same narrative of, uh, you know, people rethinking um, their proximity from work. And, and as a result, and I think it's, you know, the, the pandemic is certainly, you know, a key issue, but I think it's the fact that the pandemic made uh, technology, uh, you know, for like, for example, Zoom or something similar, uh, move ahead five to 10 years to two days, you know, it became ubiquitous almost overnight. And that's really, that's changed the narrative, I think, for a lot of people for housing. Now, Scott Durkin, um, historically, buyers have been attracted to suburban towns that are close to transit, for example, an easy commute to Grand Central. Are you finding that's changing? I think, I don't know if it's changing. I don't think it's going to be as popular. Like Jonathan said, people are now looking for homes that will accommodate the working from home. I mean, and, and our, our, our website traffic tells us that, that the, the two most searched items right now are acreage and swimming pool. So, and then four to five bedrooms as a minimum and Steve's, and they're all shaking their head. People want the entire home to be the office, the family vacation, and everything wrapped into one and away from any densely populated areas. So I think living down in the village and commuting on the train is, is not going to be as popular for sure coming uh, into the next quarter and next year. Mm -hmm. And then to follow up, Steve, uh, the other Scott, Elwell, um, are you seeing that, uh, buyers are attracted to the traditional large estate and the lots of acreage? Absolutely. I mean, it all depends on the buyer's needs, whether, I mean, as we talked about earlier about the equestrian world, that we've had a demand for large estates continuously, uh, but there has been a big uptick in more property, more privacy. Um, as Scott Durkin mentioned, the pool has been a big factor right now because you have a lot of families at home and need to keep the kids busy. 
but we are seeing much more interest in the backcountry and larger estates. Now, Claire and George, um, what does the latest ideal property look like from your designer? Uh, what are, are looking for specific architectural styles or design aesthetic? What are you seeing? Um, a much cleaner design, um, much more uh, technology oriented, which is completely consistent with what we um, mentioned with uh, Zoom or the working from home. So uh, everything has to be wireless control from the door entrance to your automatic shades, to um, your thermostat, to your, you know, um, I would say um, still an open floor plan, but a more um, with the existence of uh, personal spaces. Um, a more friendly one you know, uh, open space, uh, areas that are clear, clearly identified for their use, uh, yet, you know, mm -hmm. members of the family have their own space, in private space, as well as, you know, common spaces, uh, you know, open floor plans, yes. Uh, but as you, as you say, as more architectural elements, I would say uh, definitely a cleaner, um, a cleaner uh, design and architectural um, elements than before, traditionally, especially in the Greenwich uh, Fairfield area. Mm -hmm. Void, void of, of, you know, a lot of moldings and traditional aspect, you know, baseboard and crown moldings and you know, paneling and all that. And I would say also we have a much more uh, wider uh, range of people coming. Um, so we had more millennial and that were reluctant to come to, uh, yet to, um, the suburbs or to further in Connecticut and now this younger crowd are coming. Mm -hmm. So this is a change in, uh, before the pandemic, millennials seemed to be, um, people felt that they didn't want to drive cars. They wanted to live exactly. in the city. They didn't want it. They wanted to travel all the time. It, this must be a big change. It's it's a huge it's a huge change. Which I mean, in our um, our clientele has always been, even though it was much older, has always been a clientele that was attracted by modern design because this is more what we are known for. So even though we had mm -hmm. another clientele, they were still looking for heavy technology, um, an aspect of sustainability, uh, green design, LEDs so on and so forth. And now we see that reinforced by this new millennium uh, that were, you know, wanted to save to travel, as you say, or renting and not buying, which um, correct me if I'm wrong um, on the Douglas Eleven side, but uh, it's something that we see, uh, we have younger clients approaching us, definitely. Right. Well, also, on, uh, I want to ask Scott Elwell um, about land. Um, is there more interest in new development today or is there a demand from uh, these new people coming in to actually build their own homes? Well, I mean, the one thing to take, keep a note with people that are building homes is that they naturally have a much larger, longer horizon. Um, you know, they're prepared to wait for a couple, for a year or two, depending on the construction period. Um, we are seeing an uptick in interest on pretty much across the board. Um, and we are seeing more buyers uh, that are, I would say, a little bit more open-minded to uh, to different areas and so different locations, different styles. And then ultimately if they don't find what they want and they have the capability to wait, um, they'll definitely look into land and bring a builder around and make their dream home. 
Right. Um, Steve, um, this might just lead on from what you said. Can you ask Stephen, we have heard that the rental market is booming. Um, what are the rental, rental people looking for in terms of homes? How much are they willing to spend? And do you expect that these rentals will transition to buys in the fall or later? So obviously pool is number one and office space, places for a backyard for the kids to run around so that they can also have their family. So I've had, I guess, uh, families and then they want to have their in-laws and then they want to have their help and then they want to have their nanny. So it's really, um, the outreach is, is all over the place as far as um, what they're looking for, as far as size goes. I'm finding more people are wanting, I guess, mid-country to back-country space, not so much downtown for rentals, and the prices are all over the place. Anything with a the pool, they're, they're just through the roof, literally. I've been offered crazy, crazy amounts of money that it would, it would actually almost be better if they, well, it would be better if they just purchased the house as opposed to renting the house. But I think that some of these people that are coming from New York City are feeling that things are gonna turn over quicker. But now it's kind of changing that whole feeling that is going on with the renter. And people are starting to feel like, you know what? We should actually look for either uh, a secondary home, weekend home, or maybe this is gonna be our new primary. Because that is, um, it, it, it's changing and, and I'm seeing that every day. Uh, not also to mention that we're getting calls consistently, probably three, four, five different calls a day for rentals, um, which then, which we can't supply them. There's no rentals out there. And if there is, they come and they go like that so fast. Um, and there's multiple bids, so they go way over. So if you are in town and you want to rent your place out and it has a pool, get it on, you know. Of course, also, <laughs> if you want to sell, I mean, now, if it has a pool, pool is key. Pool is the new trend where it's everything. Pool, I don't care, not an above ground pool, but uh, <laughs> uh, which I know we all love, right? But no, uh, um, in ground, and um, that is, if you have one of those, then it's going to sell fast and either at list price, if not above. Would you say Mary that the higher rent that uh, people are willing to pay is more likely that they will probably try, try to buy afterwards? Yes. Yeah. Most definitely. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. Mary, and if I could just jump in on, on yeah. just what Steve said. Uh, so... Uh, it's so true. I completely agree with what he's what he's describing. Um, just I wanted to point out that when actually when the pandemic hit New York and the city shut down, there was this surge, this outflow uh, looking for single family rentals, not apartments, but single family rentals from the city to the to uh, Fairfield County, and it was it was. Incredible, but the immediate problem, just as Steve illustrated, is there just isn't enough single-family rental product, right. and so many of those buyers ended up converting. I mean, rent would-be renters uh, looked at it as an opportunity to start looking at 
purchasing something. And that phenomenon seems to be continuing pretty strongly. Yeah, and we also have a piece of this is, is that we haven't talked about is that a lot of people, you know, they need real estate for a need. Now there's overnight, everything's been changing because there's a lot of new cases across the country. And education is an issue right now and schooling and people are, are unsure if they want their children to go back to a city school and they're hanging on to a, a Greenwich or a Fairfield County rental or a Westchester or Hudson Valley because they're afraid they won't be able to get back into school because it's just too dangerous. So there's so many other factors that are pushing this market that um, uh, we just don't know. I mean, there's a lot of unknowns, but people are grabbing what they can get. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, our publisher in the Hamptons tells me that um, lots of, of the children are being um, signed up for the Hampton schools. Yes, and Avenue. Just, and some yeah. of the New York schools are putting campuses in the right. Hamptons. Yep. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I guess it's all over the place. It is. So well, one thing uh, I Steve, I wanted to ask you're advising your um, mm -hmm. investor clients and so on. Would you advise them to actually put pools in, et cetera? before they um, sell the house? So I was just having this conversation yesterday um, with a builder investor and I said, yes, let's put it in. You know, I mean, if it's gonna be 60 to 100,000, it's gonna pay off in the end. And anything that's coming on the market, if, it's, if they can come in and renovate it, they're gonna do that and it's gonna go very fast. I mean, I'm in the trenches every day dealing with, you know, fighting basically against other agents to get that property going way over asking price and um this is our reality right now in 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 connecticut in greenwich and i guess fairfield county so yes i thought you were saying going to say something scott l well well one thing i wanted to add uh, when we talk about space and privacy is that it is relative and somebody in a high-rise building in manhattan with 800 square feet to them a 1600 square foot apartment on the water in greenwich or westport um, it's a lot bigger and not only square footage, but space when they walk out. Uh, so we are seeing interest pretty much across the board. Um, but I just wanted to point out that space is relative to what you're coming from. Um, with our designers for Claire and Giorgio, I wanted to ask, as we're hearing and we've heard today about the home offices and the mother-in-law apartments, um, the attached or separate uh, are all the rage. Are you being asked to design these? Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, um, we, what we have been asked is actually to design two home offices, his and hers, mm -hmm. which we had never, ever have designed. <laughs> so that's the first. Um, we also been asking to remodel his space to accommodate a um, online class room. So uh, to have really like a kid's homework room with a couple of different computers or to remodel their bedrooms so that they integrated the working space because in uh, I mean so far what has been happening in 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 this area is, uh, is uh, the kids were working in the kitchen or in a homework area and now they are working um, individually in their bedrooms. So we also have been asked to redesign the bedroom to accommodate um, office spaces that was almost taken away from the bedroom before. Um, 
we are we just wanted to add something because we also opened an office in Litchfield County um, recently, I mean two years ago. And it's kind of really interesting because we always had New Yorkers having second home um, in this area. And suddenly we see them transforming their second home as their main residence. So also an interesting um, shift. I would say like the Hamptons for, um, for uh, what you mentioned with the, the school and people registering their kids in the local school. Um, Litchfield County has a lot of, um, I mean, sorry, um, uh, Litchfield has a lot of boarding school around and those boarding schools that were uh, really targeting more borders are suddenly receiving a lot of day student application. Uh, yes, because the families are staying in Litchfield County. And yes, in Litchfield, and we see uh, like a mass exodus of New Yorkers as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. the trend, the trend, let's say, from this, uh, you know, now full-time living here as before they were, they had a second home, is they try to really improve their technology systems, you know, to have uh, mm -hmm. to make sure they have, you know, generators and uh, you know. Uh, their, their Wi-Fi and all their, their automation is, is in place and everything's connected to a main panel mm -hmm. for control. I mean, technology has really taken over, know, taken over Definitely. in this area that yeah. was before less important was the second home. They were relaxing. They were just coming from one weekend to another and it was not that important. Now suddenly it's, it's becoming, and I would say it's very, it's a market that is extremely, um, um, that can be really compared to the backcountry of Greenwich. It's exactly the same clients. It's exactly the same wealth um, and the same design that we're asked um, to do. Are you finding enough suppliers to put in all of this home automation? Is this um, a difficult area? No, no, no it's not. No, it's it not because everything actually, actually over the year, I mean, um, I think it's Jonathan who uh, uh, mentioned before, uh, yes, it's happening with the, um, with the pandemic, but it is something that was already happening. It's just, it's just on steroids now, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's a transformation that we had, you know, so we had always been um, interested by this aspect uh, on a design point of view. So we, every single of our design for the past five years has always integrated those elements, what we've seen is uh, the past maybe year, um, there's been so much progress where everything is much easier. You know, like if you, I mean, not that I want to uh, mention a brand, but if you look at Nest, for example, for the thermostat. So the same thing exists now for the lighting and for um, the doorbell and for, so things that are wireless, easy to install, Pre-package that you know almost everybody can order on Amazon or or you know it's not something it used to be a big deal to have an automatized uh, home. It's not. It's mm. not. No, there's which, a, there's... which is helping us to transform those homes very rapidly with the speed of what is happening now. There's a plethora of brands in the in the market, you know, that they are fighting over who gets what. Yeah, it's, and it's pre-designed, yeah. it's pre -designed, so it's nice. Actually. And they all survive, by the way, you know, all these brands, you know. They, of course, they they're booming, they're yeah. booming. The, um, we've talked a lot about these larger properties in the back country, which everyone seems to be happy about that they're growing. What is happening with the condo and the townhouse market? Steve, has that remained consistent or is there a change yes. there? Consistent. Um, 
I haven't seen like the amount of growth that I thought we would on those properties, but it, as long as things are priced correctly. And, and again, in backcountry, mid country, they, you know, we have sellers that come to us and say, Hey, you know what? Prices are up. I want to sell my place. Can I get $4 million over what I could last year? No, no, no. I mean, that's not happening. What's happening is that if they are competitive in their pricing, they're going to get so much more in what they would at the end, which is what's happening with the, the uh, townhouses, downtown properties. Um, and, and it's, I, I think that the millennials that are coming out from the city are, are really, I think the ones that are looking at those, granted, a lot of the people that are coming out here, if it's their second home, they have to have money for it to be their second home. So it's not just, you know, unless they are going to make this their primary residence, then, um, then that changes everything. But I just, I think, and maybe Scott, you can, well, you can say also that um, about this, but it was, uh, I think yesterday in the newspaper or something, there was 10,000 new residents from New York, New York um, residents that are now claiming Connecticut as their, as their mailing address. So I mean, what, in eight weeks, yeah. eight weeks, eight weeks, 10,000. I mean, one, key, one thing to keep in mind, if they're going to their second homes and they're staying for a longer period, they'll change the mailing address um, simply out of a convenience factor. Uh, but getting back to the original question, you know, and we've been saying this <laughs> my entire career, pricing is everything. And, you know, we do have a ton of eyes. We have a ton of cash ready to go. Uh, but the buyers are savvy. They know what they want. They know what they're willing to pay for it. And if you're priced right, you'll, you'll get eyes on it. You'll get bids. Uh, the bids will go up. Uh, but if you're mispriced, uh, you know, the buyers aren't going to be there. You were just talking uh, quite a bit about the second home market and third home market. I wanted to ask uh, Scott Durkin, what makes for a successful second home market? Mm. Well, um, I think the number one piece of that would be that it's easy access and close to the major metropolitan area that your company that you work for may have their headquarters there. Um, I'm two hours from the city in Ulster County, and that is becoming a hot spot more than we ever imagined. We had a call the other day, and I know all the local realtors, and everyone's calling each other like, I have a rental need for $25,000 a month. Well, we don't even have a home that's that you <laughs> could rent for $25,000. Um, they just don't exist. I'm on the, the west side of the Hudson. Um, and then my neighbor a few days ago listed her house for 925 and I know she bought it a year ago for 480 and she put it in a pool and I, I sort of said, you're, you're real. I mean, you're not going to get that. Next day, she had a signed, uh, I mean, a, a, um, a binder for 900,000. So, and then the realtor comes driving down our driveway saying, how about a million 150? And I'm thinking, this is outrageous. I mean, this is honks in New York. So I think everyone around me has seven or eight acres and you're set back from the road and you're two hours from the city. There's a bus if you need it. We don't even have Metro North. But I think the close proximity to a, um, a major metropolitan city, I think the, the air travel is, is, unless you fly private, that's going to be hit the, 
the hardest out of all of this. And of course, if the EU restricts our travel in the next year or six months, that's devastating. So I think back to what we've all said is like the home is now the vacation home that the sleepaway camps are finished. There, there's nowhere to go. Um, places aren't open. And even if they are, people don't want to be in such densely populated vacation spots. So I just think uh, you just have to have, uh, it's funny, I saw Mickey Drexler on TV the other day and he, he talked about his favorite designer name, Alex Mill. And I have a feeling that person doesn't exist, but it's sort of a James Purse sort of knockoff. You know, I ordered about seven things right after this spot because it's simple, casual, 100% cotton wear that you can now, um, you can wear anywhere. You don't have to dress up anymore. I mean, just, I haven't put on a collared shirt in a 100 days. And I, it's funny, I knew Steve would have his white collared shirt on. <laughs> We're thrilled but, you put them on today. I know I went off on a tangent here, but I'm thinking, you know, the pool, the obvious, close mm. to the city, land, um, and services and good services, you know, yeah. FedEx and UPS, you know, everyone's yeah, on Amazon. I'm sorry, I was gonna say, Scott, uh, infrastructure is really, I, I think what like for Greenwich, because we have the Greenwich Hospital here, New Haven um, facilities, that that is, is so important. And I know a lot of people from maybe the Hamptons are coming here because of that. Uh, and also, the uh, the just the location of the city being you know 38 minutes away so we're finding a lot of people that usually would go to the hamptons are looking here now or wanting to be in greenwich which is interesting i think we have a lot of trails and parks uh, scott i wanted to ask you while, while you're right there about uh i hear that there are bidding wars have you been involved in these bidding wars and what usually how can people avoid that well, I mean, like I like I said earlier, it really depends on the pricing and you know the 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 bookends. I mean, we've got a lot of interest in the you know the lower prices, um, you know, but it 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 really if it's priced right, you will get a ton of bids. Uh, and if you've got a buyer out there and you're ready to go, and if you are a buyer, um, get there the first day it goes on, be ready, um, have your ducks in a row as far as financing, uh, and jump in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I think what, what, you, what you're what you also what I would like to add is just value. People have to see the value in that property because that is going to be probably about a one three um, to a two four to five maybe property in that range. But again, you might have something in the more closer to four million dollar range that if that has value at the end when somebody comes and redoes it or Claire and Giorgio come in and redo it then um, then that is, is, is another price point. So the, these, these numbers that you know, Scott is talking about are not like the $300,000, dollars $500,000 homes. It's really the million plus, a million five, you know, up in there, which is really um, hot, the sweet spots. For these. I mean, I'll wait for Jonathan Miller to get his data back to us so we can see exactly where the price <laughs> yeah. sits. But, but I, would, I would say that I don't know how much of a diversity in pricing or change in pricing we're seeing on 
you know, eyes on certain ranges. We're definitely seeing more interest in backcountry and we're definitely seeing more interest in different product. Uh, but I am curious, Jonathan, to see when your data comes out, um, is there a movement in pricing across the board or is it just a different pr preference? Right. So the first thing that we're already seeing across all the markets is, you know, as things are opening up, is uh, we're seeing the same pattern pretty much across all price points in the same market. Uh, so typically in the reports, we might divide it into eight different tranches, you know, eight different segments in the market. And at least initially, there hasn't been a tremendous variation. So I think that speaks more to the pandemic and like just getting out and start to explore your options as opposed to just a small sliver of the market. is look. It's sort of like everybody is doing the math and, 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 you know, some markets like uh, Greenwich, you know, the, the sweet spot, as Stephen said, is uh, what I would call the middle, even though, you know, to someone in Iowa, that's clearly not the middle, but, yeah. um, but, uh, but that's been universal um, that there's been, and sort of this even distribution. We'll we'll see. One of the one things I wanted to point out, and you know, you can see it in what Stephen is saying, is that one of the most important things that has changed each of the markets at when they open up is that uh, brokers are able to do in-person showings. That while we all love Zoom, it 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 this pandemic has shown that it doesn't replace somebody actually showing you a property. And that's been very clear. And then the other thing is that the pricing patterns that we're going to see, you know, what you're talking about bidding wars and, you know, every market is a little bit different. Um, but that, that price activity, the discovering of what the values are, doesn't really happen without the brokerage community out there. And so, for example, New York City just opened up on Monday and we're just starting to see price activity. Uh, you know, Greenwich is, you know, obviously way ahead of us uh, in terms of the markets, but it's going to be really interesting. And I think a lot is going to change over the next, we're going to see a lot of clarity on, you know, and a lot of questions answered really over the next, you know, three, four weeks. I think it's accelerating. Three to four weeks. My, that's a short time. In fact, it is. We think about our neighbors in Connecticut before this pandemic, um, we were all very depressed um, that Connecticut was known as an exit state. People were leaving Connecticut to go everywhere else. Um, so what advice would you have for our neighbors in Connecticut uh, who may or may not want to sell? If they don't sell now, uh, will they have missed the market? Well, uh, so I'm not a big believer in timing. Um, I'm a big believer in, is it right for you? And do you have other plans of where to go to, you know? So I think, I think what I would be doing now is I would be exploring all my options and thinking, um, but just selling say at a perceived peak um, is, I mean, the way I look at this, like a market like uh, Fairfield County, one of the phenomena we had after the financial crisis, the sort of the suburbs were kind of skipped over and it all became new urbanism and, you know, the city was where it was and, you know, and this is not unique to New York. And I think now we're getting a, a relook at the suburban markets uh, going for, forward, whether it's Westchester, whether it's Fairfield County, Nassau County, whatever, you know, I think, I think it's now 
uh, sort of fair game in a way that it wasn't just, you know, a year or two ago. So what, Scott, what would you say to that? Sell now or, or um, dither? It's Scott. Uh, Scott Durkin. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I think that I think that now is a is a is a big opportunity. Uh, if you're if you're and I'm going to use Jonathan Miller's quote of 2018 and 19 and 20. If you're an aspirational seller, you know you. And as Stephen said and Scott Elwell, you're you're going to be in trouble. But if you know that uh, you're you're going to get your best price you've ever thought you would get right now from just watching this Zoom, I would say you should list now uh, because we need your listing. Uh, I was just on a call with the Hudson Valley, the uh, Hudson Valley Association of Realtors before this call and Richard Haggerty said that since yesterday uh, they had 3,800 new listings and 975 new contracts. So that is four to one. Is that one to four or whatever? Yeah, so that's, those numbers are huge. Not only the new listing inventory, but the number of contracts that are, that have been signed in just a few days. Like Jonathan said, they, there's, we don't know what's really out there because people haven't been able to show or to get things in contract and, and do final walkthroughs or inspections. And so, um, yeah, I would list now. There's no better time. And I'm always with Jonathan on this. I don't believe in timing either i think uh i think we're we're headed into an area now where it's going to be very strong in the suburbs i believe for a very long time ah, a very long time jonathan would you would you agree with that that this isn't just a flash in the pan uh so i don't think it's a flash in the pan uh the the part that i you know want to be sure of is uh you know, does human behavior change significantly after the, you know, there is a vaccine? That, to me, that's sort of my moment of proof. What we're seeing now suggests that it won't matter, uh, but but I'm I'm still, uh, I'm not a long-term thinker like Scott, uh, Scott 18 is. 18 months, 18 months is a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, exactly, when we're measuring this crisis by days. Yeah. But I'm, optim I'm optimistic about a longer-term trend, put it that way. Uh, I think, you know, right now we're literally in the heat of the moment and it's incredible. Uh, that's, that's a reality. That's not fabrication. That is not puffing up the narrative. That is literally what's happening. The question is, you know, how, you know, I don't think it would continue at this pace indefinitely. Uh, but certainly, uh, you know, I think the suburbs are going to give the city a, you know, a, uh, you know, a, a challenge uh, you know, as a competitor um, over the next several years. I'd like to ask um, Steve or, or, um, or Scott, if, if our neighbors are then now deciding, okay, maybe I'll sell my house, it might be the time, where are they going to go? Yeah, good question, right? Um, Florida? I don't know. Uh, maybe Litchfield <laughs> County. Litchfield County. I mean, it's. Um, I guess it's all relative. If they don't need to be in Greenwich for you know, and they can work from anywhere, then why not move to Hawaii or move somewhere you know, Palm Beach or, or I don't know any anywhere. I mean, it's, and I would say. Well, it's, it's, uh, I'm sorry. I would say a lot of the owner in Greenwich already have different homes. 
I mean, True. Yes. Good point. all over the U.S. Uh, yes, right. you know, Aspen, Palm Beach, so on and so forth. I would say a big advice for the person living in Greenwich who is in this uh, thing is sell Greenwich and buy New York. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. definitely why, yeah. you know, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. We also have to keep in mind that, I mean, a large majority, or I don't know if it's a majority, Jonathan, I'll lean back to you, but uh, buyers are either are staying in Greenwich. They're going bigger or they're going smaller or they're going in a different location in the town. You know, same for Fairfield County, obviously. Um, but, uh, you know, a large portion of the buyers and sellers that I know right now are from are staying in the same town. They're just changing houses. Mm -hmm. right. Are they selling big houses and moving into condos or they're selling up, they're moving up? What are they doing? I mean, the last decade, we've seen a big movement of, you know, people staying in the town and buying condos. And so they would be selling big houses and big estates and they're buying condos to, you know, for a convenience factor. So they can literally turn the key and go away for a month and, and come back without a, you know, a large uh, amount of maintenance and worry and concern. Um, that being said, we, on the other end of the spectrum, as families get larger, they might want more space, you know, while they have kids, especially now. Right. Well, I'm going to, I see it's 2.46, so I wanted to get some questions in from the people who are on Zoom, and then I'll probably come back to Scott Durkin just to uh, follow up at the end. But I have a question here, um, and the um, signer is asking, what is considered crazy money for a rental? <laughs> well, um, we've been offered $115,000 a month, um, you know, so that's kind of seems crazy for, for Greenwich anyway. For, for me, that'd be crazy. Um, it's because the house I, I, could, I, I could chime in too, just to say yeah. that one of the patterns that I've seen um, in the market is uh, to, instead of looking at the actual hard number, what we're seeing is offers on rentals being anywhere from 20 to 50% above the asking price. To me, that's... Mm -hmm. You know that's not normal. That's insane, right? That's crazy. Yeah. And that's and that's you know that's a phenomenon, a twofold phenomenon um, of you know the sort of discovery of Zoom uh, combined, you know, but accelerated by the pandemic and forcing people to rethink everything. And the first thing they did, as I said earlier, was go out and look at the rental market. And there's just as Stephen said, there's just not enough single-family rentals to satiate that demand. Uh, so you have this situation where people are paying, you know, 20, 50 percent above what it might have gotten received last year just because it met their needs, you know, right then. And what's interesting is that a lot of these super wealthy, they're going against other super wealthy. So billionaire, <laughs> get billionaire and they're like, oh, but do you know who I am? Oh, but I'm this person. You know, so they're going back and forth. And it's just it's 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 so funny. It, it really it really is. I love to be in this predicament, but it, it is. It's strange times, you know, very strange times that, that, uh, that. I have another question here from Ali, and she says, why is Reading, Connecticut overlooked? Uh, it's approximately uh, 60 miles from the city. The homes are all two acres plus. Uh, is Reading being overlooked? I don't think we so. Have, not at all. I mean, we, we have agents up in Wilton and Reading and in that area that are flooded right now. And yes. they're absolutely busy. Um, Reading is definitely on our radar, and uh, we do have a lot of people looking there. Great. Yeah, those are all great areas over there. Um, yeah. What uh, we have clients that are 
from the city want a weekend home and all they wanted is land. So wait a minute, pool and then land for their kids <laughs> to play football, keep the soccer ball and then the house so that they could look out and see that happening. And yeah. it's yeah. hard to find that. It really is hard to find that. So you have to go north, basically, Litchfield County. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, if you want to have it at a lower price, that's for sure. And those prices for them it's are going much more. So you're getting much more value for your dollar out there. Yeah. yeah. Wanted to ask uh, Claire and Giorgio about furnishings. I know you've talked about um, people wanting simpler homes. Are you finding um, a demand for very high-end uh, European furnishings? Is it much more modern than before? Um, what are you seeing? Yes, no, definitely. I mean, it, it goes with, you know, this is completely independent from the pandemic situation, um, but over the past few years, um, the furnishing uh, aspect of the house have been going with the architectural aspect of the house. So um, more, more furniture going into like an Italian um, sofa design or um, a furniture line. I mean. Yeah, I mean, also the, the aspect of permanence, you know, people do not buy ephemeral, you know, items that would last, you know, for a year or two. They, they, they want to have something of substance, so they would invest you know, in, in uh, good furniture that would International. last for a long time. But we also see uh, on the other side of the spectrum, even into a very wealthy um, uh, clientele, we also see people that really want an instant gratification, which goes more with the millennium crowd, uh, where they are used to have everything, you know, extremely quickly. Um, and, and so they are looking also maybe more modern furniture, but maybe furniture that can be delivered within, in, in, you know, in stock. With, in stock. So mm -hmm. furniture inventory is something that is really um, booming. Yeah. Do you have a question? Dog, the dog's photo. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I uh, have a question here. Um, what do you see happening in the high-end market, 10 million and up in Greenwich? So 10 million up. Well, we have like consistently showings for 10 million and up as far as that goes. Um, I think that there, uh, I think July will be very interesting to see what happens as far as these properties, because properties that are coming on, let's say, well, you said 10 million. Uh, I'm seeing a lot more, at least the hot spot as far as more than luxury is more around in the eights, uh, I, I guess. And um, there's consistent showings. I mean, I was just showing today and and I had one the other day. And and, and so I'm, I'm very busy with with uh, clients, you know, looking. I, I would, if I could just add into what Stephen's saying, I mean, one of the problems in Greenwich has been, and uh, Scott uh, Elwell uh, had alluded to this earlier, is that one of the problems in the top of the market has been uh, pricing, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, the whole concept of aspirational pricing uh, was, you know, a, a characteristic of, sorry, a characteristic of the market. And so my only concern about this boom is like that, that we will see, 
you know, people just adding, you know, 20% or some random number on top of something that really wasn't priced to sell before, before this. And, um, and as a result, uh, they don't, they don't move, they don't sell. So I think, you know, I think the take, the takeaway for me in the, the high end market with this boom that we're seeing in activity is that pricing still matters. And if it wasn't priced to move prior to this boom, that you can't add more to it and think that it'll be absorbed, right? It's not a crazy, insane, uh, although I did use those words in the rental example, um, but, but I think that's more rental and not the sales market, that people are still very informed and they're not going to um, you know, overpay for something that was already overpriced before this situation evolved. And at that price point, it's a lot less cyclical and it's a lot less based yeah. on, you know, reactive to what's happening in the market or based on the school year or based on the summer. Um, That's a great point. You know, most people that are buying in 10 million plus have several houses, have different locations they can go to. And so we see trades pretty much every month of the year, really depending on the house itself and the buyer and the seller, just, you know, the right time for them personally. Yep. I have a question here about Hartford. Um, the uh, question is, uh, have you thought about Hartford? What's happening there? There are two uh, great boarding schools that um, kids could go to. Um, are, is the activity stretching up there or are we confined to Fairfield and Litchfield counties? You know, our, our clients and our exposure is much more towards Fairfield and Litchfield counties. Uh, mm -hmm. So we haven't had a lot of activity up in Hartford, not to say that there isn't. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, then. So I think we're getting close to our time. And uh, Scott, one of the um, interesting things that we've been noticing, this is Scott Durkin, is how marketing for homes has changed. Mm. And we're seeing the video and the virtual tours. Um, if that's the case, do you think that's going to continue? And what is Douglas Elliman doing to build on this trend? Yes, I, I it's interesting. A few years ago, we, we removed the videos from all of our listings on the websites because no one was clicking on them and they took up too much space. And people really didn't trust the video because really it was only a 180 of the room and a 180 on the back of the room and it was just poorly done. But as you know now, video uh, is so sophisticated and people are used to, in this pandemic especially, everyone's on TikTok every night and they're on YouTube and they're on Zoom and they're on Skype. So we're, we're fine with it. Um, I've gotten so many texts like wondering where I am. I'm actually at the Holiday Inn in Socrates because I needed to have a place that I wouldn't be interrupted today. Um, we have house guests from March 14th that never were able to leave. So, but um, I think the video piece of I'm it is- I'm actually glad you explained that, Scott. We yeah. were all wondering why you were sitting in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no one's in the hotel. Uh, but anyway, it's very important. I think uh, you're able to take so many uh, uh, videos now and whoever thought that the drone would become the actual sort of, that's the creme de la creme, a drone shot, a drone tour. It's really magical. And I think it really gives you an idea of of the, the breadth of the space, the, 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 the um, curb appeal of it, the promontory piece of it, the pool to a view. That's what they say in LA, by the way, pool to, pool to the view, um, where it's house pool view. Um, I think it's very important. Also, it's 
it's really a healthy way to see things uh, because you're not exposing yourself or anyone else right now to the virus or, or the, you know, being too dense, densely populated and, and, and not social distancing. So yes, it's, it's one of our biggest, uh, biggest uh, uh, events right now is the, the, the videoing of the home. It's also going to be a great expense because it's not, it's not very, it's, it's very expensive right now. So it's a big ticket item, but it's really important. It, it, it helps the listing be elevated from the rest of the crowd. And that would, I'm assuming that would be on your higher price listings? Oh, well, we, our agents are allowed to use their, their advertising and marketing budgets for anything they want. And we don't, we will allow it for any listing that they want. But, now, uh, um, uh, is your website optimized for mobile? How much uh, are people yes. looking on their phones for a new house? It's, uh, we've seen a 70% uh, increase in traffic in the last 100 days. Uh, we did launch a new website a week before the pandemic. Uh, so when we also launched a new SEO arrangement with an outside company to manage this and also get our keywords out there in, in, in Google searches. So we've seen a big uptick, but people are really at home so much now. Uh, the real estate piece of it is everyone's got it on their screen. So we're getting all of this traffic and it's adaptable to an iPad, an iPhone, um, the other phone, I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but uh, Samsung type. Uh, so we have it's all adaptable and it's really high high tech right now and high touch, which is important. Kind of keeping up with how fast the market is. Yes. Yeah, people can't get to sit down. The um, well, Scott, do you have a last word for um, New York City? Um, is it farewell or what is happening? It's not farewell. And <laughs> New York is so resilient and it pivots so quickly and it has a very short memory. I think one agent said to me the other day that a rear view mirror is small for a reason. And I think once you can get through this and we can get back to our normal lives, it will, it will always be there. It's not going anywhere. It's too important and it represents too much to the entire world. And um, so we don't believe that, I think the best is yet to come. This is my fourth, and probably Jonathan, you as well. Yes. Fourth one we've gone through uh, in our careers. And I think uh, this one is, we're stronger than ever. We can take this one without question. Totally agree. All yeah. right, any other last words from anyone else on the panel? Or sing us out, Stephen. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Spreading the news. <laughs> we'll get through this, yeah. <laughs> With Scotty D. <laughs> and Scotty E. Yeah. Uh, spreading the news. I'm leaving today. Those of you who think that's. No, I'm moving today. I'm moving today. National anthem at Polo, so we know that you can sing. Oh, yeah. no, Marianne, thank you. Thank you, Marianne. So, I would like to thank, thank um, all of the people who logged in uh, today. We had over 200 people. It was lovely. And particularly like to thank the two Scots, um, Claire and Giorgio, Jonathan and Stephen for your input today. It was great fun. Thank you so much and bye-bye. Thank, thank, thank you. Thank you, Marianne. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you.
Thank you. 